Hi everybody, it's Steve Weir, Grace Point's Pastor of Arts and Communication, and I'm here to say welcome, or welcome back, to the Grace Point Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes or on our YouTube channel. Feel free to check out our website for all the latest information about everything going on here at Grace Point. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step toward becoming a fully committed follower of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. You know, I think most of us, if we have the opportunity to spend time with someone who is generous or someone who is stingy, most of us, I think, are going to lean towards the person who is generous. I mean, you have a, a lot more chance of getting blessed that way, for, for one thing. When, when I was in college, I had a friend named Miguel, and his family owned a cabin. And so about once a year, he would invite a bunch of guys to come out to this cabin for the weekend. And it was so refreshing. It was so awesome because we, we were getting away from studying, getting away from the books, getting away from the city, and just spending time out in creation. It was so beautiful. There was a stream that ran through the property. That was where I caught my first fish. Like one of the like three fish that I've caught in, in my life. But it was just, it was so great. And it happened because Miguel and his family were generous and they were willing to share. Now you can contrast that with, with someone who kind of holds on to their resources. They may, they may have resources. They may be fine financially, but they just like to hold on to it. And so when they go out to eat, you know, they're, they're not thinking about the, the needs that they're waitress might have, waiter might have, not not thinking about how they might bless them with a generous tip. They're just kind of getting off with as, as little as they can. They're thinking of, of ways all the time if they got something to be fixed around the house. They're not thinking about how, you know, having somebody in to fix that, they could be a blessing to them. They could be blessing somebody's family. They're just thinking about how can we get off for this as cheaply as, as possible. You know, you, you've probably known people in both of those categories. And I dare say, you're, you're probably drawn to spend time more with the generous people. And that's not just, I think, because of the benefits that we might get. It, it's also, I think, for, for another reason that we may not even be aware of. And that is that, that generous people reflect the heart of God. And so we're just drawn to that. I mean, I mean, think about this. When God created the earth, he, he made this beautiful garden. He placed the first man, first woman in the garden. And what did he say to them? He said, work the garden. But he said, you can eat from any tree in the garden, except for one. I mean, he drew a boundary so that he could give them a moral choice so that they could demonstrate whether they're going to love him through their obedience or not, which, which they did not. But he said, there's one tree you can't eat from, but you can eat from any tree in the garden. I mean, just this incredible generosity and creativity. And then when, when they disobeyed and when we disobeyed, God responds to that with more generosity in salvation. And so through, through Christ in, in John 3.16, God demonstrates his generosity. It says, for God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He was generous. And I think sometimes we get so focused on like the things that God tells us not to do that we miss the, the exponentially multiplied blessings that he makes available to us. You and I have been blessed spiritually and materially, materially far beyond 
what we deserve. And so I want to ask you this question this morning. How well do you reflect the heart of God when it comes to generosity? Are you a conduit of his blessing to pass on to others or are you a reservoir? Do you just kind of hold on to it and and hoard it? We're going to talk this morning about how to become more generous. So if you would take a Bible and turn with me to Mark chapter 12. We're going to continue in this series of Red Letter Challenge, looking at the five topics that Jesus addressed most. And so before we get into the message, I just I want you to do a little review with me. You should be getting pretty familiar with these five topics now, so I'm going to ask you to, to name them for me. I'll give you a hint. The first one, Daryl already mentioned it, starts with a B. And that's a big hint. Being, okay. Second one starts with a four forgiving. Last week we talked about serving. Good. And today we're going to talk about giving. Next week as we end, we're going to talk about going. Okay. I'll let you off the hook on that one because we haven't gotten to that one yet. But um, I hope your conversations are going well. I hope your devotions are going well. I hope your conversations with your groups are going well. We had a fun conversation in our group last week talking about brainstorming. How can we serve as a group? So this is not just something you might do individually, but it's also fun to serve together. Tonight we're going to be coming back together and like deciding like where can we plug in in the community? How can we bless some people together as a group? But today we're talking about giving. And we're going to look at someone that Jesus calls out as a model of generous giving here at the end of Mark chapter 12 and verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Right? This is kind of an uncomfortable little scene, isn't it? I mean, Jesus is sitting there by the offering box watching. I mean, he's watching what people are putting in. Like, for, for us in our American culture, this is really like, this is out there. Like, this is invasive. I mean, this, this, it, it would be like this. It'd be like if Grace Point had one offering box. And at the end of the service, I make a beeline. I dismiss you guys. We do the benediction. I make a beeline back to the offering box and I just stand there by the offering box. As you come by and you put, and let's just say there's no online giving. You're putting, you're, you're giving it, you know, as cash or you're giving it in an envelope. And so I'm standing there watching, but I don't just stand there and watch. As you go to put your envelope into the box, I say, could, would you hand that to me? Just for a moment. And, and I, and I open it and I look inside. I pull out your check and I look at it and then I look at you. I mean, that, that's what Jesus is doing here. I mean, he's standing there watching because it was very obvious what people are giving. There were no checks. There were no paper bills in those days. There were coins. And so the offering boxes that they would have been putting into were, were these metal containers, which had a very narrow top. I don't have that, but they were a metal container. So when you put coins in, 
you, you could hear it. And the more coins you put in, the louder it was. And so it was pretty obvious whether you're giving a large offering or a small offering. And Jesus is standing there observing all of that. This, you know, this is really foreign and strange to us, but it's actually not strange to everybody in every part of the world, apparently. Because a few years ago, I had the opportunity to go with our team down to Bolivia to visit our partner church, Unidos and Cristo, in Cochabamba. And while we were there, one, one afternoon, I was, I was in the room where they meet to, to worship, and I was just kind of strolling around the room, and there was a, a bulletin board up on the wall. And on that bulletin board was the names of all the families that attend that church. And underneath their names, it listed their offerings. I mean, the amounts of their, their offerings. I mean, right there it was. And I saw that and I thought, wow, what would this be like in Newtown? <laughs> so we're going to try that. So we're going to start this bulletin board. No, we're not, we're not going to do that. Like, it's like, wow, can you imagine? But for them, I mean, you talk about accountability. Like, is someone giving or not? I mean, it's just right there. It's just part of their community. And so Jesus is there watching. And he sees this widow put in two copper coins. So in their day, as in our day, copper coins are worth the least. So our, our pennies, right, are, are worth almost nothing today. I mean, do you even bend over to pick up a penny if you see it anymore? I mean, I, I, I don't. I mean, at my age, you have to plan these things ahead. And so, so if I see a quarter on the ground, I'm like, okay, I'm going after that. I mean, pretty much anything that's, that's shiny and bright. But if it's copper, I'm just like, nah, I'm just going to leave it there. And so this woman is putting in two tiny little copper coins, almost no value at all. You have, you have this widow putting them in. And actually, let's think about the widow for just a moment. The widow herself is, is pretty much considered to have little to no value in that culture. I mean, wi- widows were not able to get a job to provide for themselves, so they're dependent on somebody else or they're dependent on the community. So here she is amongst this crowd, probably in her pretty shabby clothes because she doesn't have much. And she's amongst this crowd of where all these people are, are putting in some some large uh, contributions. And this is a large crowd because uh, keep in mind, this is during Passover. So the setting here is this is the week before Jesus is, is going to be crucified. He is days away from, from being crucified. It's Passover time. So all of these people are coming to, to Jerusalem. It's a crowded city. And in the midst of all that, she would have been so easy to miss. I mean, she's basically a nobody, and what she's giving amounts to basically nothing, but not to God. In fact, Jesus calls his disciples over, and he's like, hey, hey guys, check this out. He calls attention to her in verse 43. He says, truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. Really? Jesus, that doesn't make any sense. She's contributing more? I mean, look at some of the amounts. Did you hear some of the clang of some of those people and the contributions they, they put in? This, this is upside-down math, but this is God's perspective on giving. Jesus explains in verse 44, For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, 
has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. See, God looks past the size of the gift to the size of the sacrifice. God looks past the absolute value of the gift, and he looks at the size of, of the sacrifice. I mean, for the, for the people who will be counting the offering that day, it's not going to make any difference to them at all that there are these two copper coins there. They, I mean, it's not even a blip. For them, it doesn't make any difference. But for her, it makes all the difference. She's giving everything she had. Can you imagine the, the wrestling she may have gone through to give that? I mean, maybe she was on pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Maybe she had never been there before for Passover. So she's coming and she's thinking, I want to give something, God, but I don't, I don't have hardly anything. And if I give this, then what happens? Then what, what can I live on? I mean, the wrestling, sometimes a minimal gift takes a maximum sacrifice. That was probably the case for her. On the flip side of that, sometimes some people can make a large gift that really doesn't cost them anything at all. I mean, there, there are times, I'm sure, where there, there are people who give a substantial amount of money to a college or to a museum, and they get their name put on a building... But because of the extent of their wealth, like they, they don't even miss that. It's not even a blip for them. Is that really substantial? That's, God says that's not really even substantial in, in His eyes, in His view, because they're giving out of their disposable income. Don't you love that term? Let, let's talk about that term for a minute. Disposable income. Every time I hear that term, I think, okay, disposable income, like I dispose of paper plates, I mean, we're coming into picnic time here, so we're going to be bringing out the paper plate. I understand disposing that. We dispose of diapers after they're used. I understand that's disposable. But disposable income, I mean, I've never had, like, income that I just throw away. Here's a definition of disposable income. What remains after the deduction of taxes and other mandatory charges available to be spent or saved as one wishes? Now, I have a couple of issues with this definition, okay? It talks about what remains after mandatory charges. So what constitutes mandatory? I mean, for us and our culture, increasingly, we, we have so many mandatory charges that are mandatory because of credit, because we're in debt. So something that we choose to buy now has become mandatory because we have to pay somebody back. And my question is, if we step back from some of those purchases, like, okay, was that really mandatory in the first place? I mean, did you really need that gadget? Did you really need that expensive of a car or house or whatever it is? So all these expenses become mandatory. And so now that expands the mandatory category. And now the disposable or let's use the word discretionary piece of our income becomes smaller. So that that's one issue that I have with this. I mean, debt is a huge problem. I love what Dave Ramsey says about debt. He says we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. And we end up with all these mandatory charges and very little disposable income. Here's the other problem I have with this definition. In the end, it says it's available to be spent or saved as one wishes. Okay, where's the mention of God in this? What about what God 
might wish or want for us to do with our money. Because here's the thing. Everything we have comes from him. It really all belongs to him. He just entrusts it to us to steward. So what about what he wants us to do with our money? And to be spent or saved as one wishes. What about giving? What about being a blessing and being generous to other people? So that, I got lots of issues with, uh, with disposable income. We look at this widow today. She has no disposable income, zero. And yet she gives everything. She gives everything she has. This applies in this scene even to, to more than just money. Because, again, think about the scene. It's Passover. It's, it's the week of Jesus' crucifixion. What, what this widow does with her money in giving everything to God, Jesus is about to do in sacrificing his life as, a, as an atoning sacrifice so that our sins can be forgiven. Jesus said this a few chapters earlier in Mark 10. He said, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. It's interesting, if you're still there in Mark 12, that last verse, the last phrase Jesus says here, she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. In the Greek, that says literally all her life. She put in all her bios. We get our word biology from that. She put in all her life. That's what Jesus did on the cross all his life. There, there is, friends, there, there is a vital connection between how we handle our finances and how we handle our spiritual life. It's why Jesus talked about money more than any other topic. So we didn't want to start the five, the challenge, you know, talking about money because, you know, drive everybody away or whatever. But I mean, we, it lands here in the sequence, but he talked about it more than anything else because I, I believe that there's such a tie between how we handle our money. If we're clutching onto and, and having a hard time releasing our money to do with as God would ask us to do, then we have to look at our lives and say, I, I bet there's other areas of our life. If we're having a hard time letting go of the money, we're probably having a hard time letting go of other areas of our life and coming into obedience under what God is asking us to do. So when it comes to money, what does sacrificial giving look like? I think C.S. Lewis expresses this so well. He says, charity, giving to the poor, is an essential part of Christian morality. I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. In other words, if our expenditures on comforts, luxuries, amusements, etc. is up to the standard common among those with the same income as our own, we are probably giving away too little. If our charities do not at all pinch or hamper us, I should say they are too small. There ought to be things we should like to do and cannot do because our charitable expenditure excludes them. Ooh, ouch, huh? All right, so let's talk about two things. Let's just drill into this. We're, we're, we're in challenge here. Okay, so we're going to drill into this. How much do we give and where do we give? First of all, how, how much? I mean, Lewis says here it's hard to settle 
on how much we can give. Hard to settle on an amount. Well, let's try. Okay, so let's let's talk about it. Um, let's let's start with talking about the what we we find in the Hebrew scriptures that calls us to a 10% offering. So that was an instruction given to the people of Israel, particular people, particular place, particular time. It doesn't technically apply to us today, but I know a lot of people start there, start with that as a conversation piece. So 10%, let's talk about that for a minute. So 10% may seem like a lot to, to some of us. We may be like, wow, 10%, I could never give that much. Consider this. I was talking to a friend about this one time. He said his mom is a, is a shopper. And so she's always looking for a deal. And when she sees a 10% off sale, she scoffs at that. She's like, 10%? That's crummy. I'm waiting for 20%. I'm waiting for 30% off. Doesn't 10% off seem like such a small amount if you're getting that as a discount? But suddenly, when it's time to give, 10%, gasp. Like, that's so much. I, can, I can't even imagine giving that much. What, what is with that? And, and so some of you, for some of you, that's, that's the challenge for you is to say, let, let's start with a planned percentage of giving. And some of you, I, I'm sure, are in situations where your mandatory expenses are so big, either because of your choices or maybe because life has just happened and you've had things hit you that you were not expecting. And so for some of you, you're not able to do 10% right now. But here's what I would challenge you to, is to start with a percentage. So not the leftovers, not what's the disposable, not what do I have left at the end of the month and I'll give out of that, but starting at the beginning of the month that you're saying, I'm going to give a planned percentage that is sacrificial in nature, not just the leftovers. And so some of you, maybe maybe you have more resources to, to deal with, and maybe you've been at that 10% mark, maybe because you, you read that in the Hebrew Scriptures, and so you think, I'm, I'm doing what God asked me to do, and so the rest of it is mine to do with as I wish. I'm going to challenge you to say, if it's not hurting you, if it's not... If it's not squelching you a little bit like C.S. Lewis talked about, then maybe you need to increase your percentage to the point where it, it is. It's hurting a little bit. It's sacrificial. It's not just part of your disposable income. I don't even notice it. But I, I want to feel this because I want to understand what it's like to give and to be generous sacrificially the way God is, the way God has done for, for us. And so this is a good time for you to sit down and take another look at your budget. Okay, as we're in this challenge week, you do have a budget, don't you? Okay, a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. So I hope you have a budget. I hope you have a plan. This is a good time to sit down and revisit that. And if you're married, please revisit it with your spouse. Don't just make these decisions unilaterally because I dare say it's probably a good chance that you probably think differently on these things if you're anything like our household. So we need to talk through those things, pray through those things, make those decisions together. But to say, how are we doing? Does our giving, are we giving, number one, that may be the place to start. And then number two, does our giving reflect generosity? So that's how much to give. Now, where do we give? 
So the, the quote there from C.S. Lewis talked about giving to the poor, and that is very appropriate. That, that is very biblical. Jesus calls us to give to the poor. So as we talk about our Easter offering, as we talk about the school of hope, um, that is one opportunity among many. There's lots of opportunities. I'm sure you hear about them uh, all the time to, to be able to invest into those who have not been blessed as much as, as we have. That is absolutely appropriate. And by the way, that Easter offering is is open now. You don't have to wait. Um, it is online. You can go online where you give and you can select Easter offering there to give or you can give in one of the boxes and just mark it for Easter offering. So that is one appropriate place to give. Another very appropriate place to give is to the ministry that supports you, encourages you, and serves you. That's that's what the widow was doing that day in the temple. That's what all of those people were doing. They were giving to the ministry of the, the temple, the spiritual ministry. And so if you are... You are here. You're, you're here in person. We don't have online uh, this this hour. So you guys are here. You're being ministered to. If if all you do is come and receive and take and consume, that is not spiritually healthy for you. And so I, I don't come to you encouraging you to give back to the ministry that ministers to you because we need your money. I come to you because... If that's what you're doing, if, if you're just consuming and receiving and not giving back, it's not spiritually healthy for you, and that's not a good place to be. We all know what happens if all we do is eat and eat and eat and eat and eat, and, and we never exercise or do any work with what we eat. So it is appropriate to give back. It is spiritually healthy to give. And I will just say this one word, even though you guys are here, uh, you, you, maybe some of you have been watching online. Just so you know, our, the online ministry is not free. So it's free to the people who are watching online, but we pay subscription fees uh, to be able to broadcast that. We, uh, we have equipment fees. We have personnel people. So just so you know, just the people who are watching at home, I gave them a challenge last hour on that note too. It's spiritually healthy to give. But we can never, ever outgive God. And so I want to close with this. I want to close with three blessings that come with sacrificial giving. But before I share those with you, I want you to just practice something with me. So if you would join me and just lay down whatever it is that's in your hands and just practice clenching your fist. And, and, and that's what we're doing when we're holding on to what God has given us. And, and just even think about for a moment the effort that it takes to hold on to that. And now, release it. Release it. And open your hands in, in an act, in a picture of, of generosity. And, and notice, too, when your hands are open, not only is it open to give up what God has placed there, it's also open to receive, then, what God wants to give to you. So with that in mind, three blessings for, that come from sacrificial giving. The first is it forces us to trust God. This, this widow completely was entrusting her whole life, her whole future into God's care. When you and I give until it hurts, then we, we have to wrestle with some things, some unknowns about our future. We have to wrestle with, yeah, but my car is on its last legs. Yeah, but I have a, a kid who's going to need college someday. Yeah, but what about medical expenses? I mean, there's all these unknowns that may tend to make us want to hoard what we have. And what we're doing when we give sacrificially is we're transferring our security 
from our own ability to provide for ourselves, which is really a facade. It's really a pretend. We're transferring our security into God's hands. So the second thing, second blessing, is it protects us from idolizing money. Jesus says, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Don't fool yourself into thinking, yeah, money isn't holding too much of, a, uh, of my heart. It's either, it's, you're either all in letting God have everything you have, or, or you're enslaved to money. Some, some of you are giving your best attention and affection to money. You are enslaved to money. If, if that is the case for you and you need to loosen your grip so that you won't be enslaved by it. And please note, you don't have to have a lot of money to be enslaved to money. Okay. Third, third blessing is it stores up treasure in heaven for us. Jesus says that specifically, specifically giving to the needy is a way to store up spiritual Riches, eternal riches. He said in Luke chapter 12, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Giving specifically, especially to the needy, is like it's like making a bank transfer. Do you ever make an online bank transfer from one account to another? This is like making a bank transfer from your temporal financial bank to your eternal bank. You're transferring that, and it's going to be there waiting for you for eternity. So we're in this challenge series, okay? So here's here's my two challenge questions for you. Number one, you've already heard them. I'm just recapping. So... How, how are you doing? How are you reflecting the heart of God with your giving and your generosity? Are you giving out of your uh, disposable income or are you giving sacrificially? And then uh, the second question to think about is um, how does the amount that you give away compare to the amount that you spend on yourself. Ouch. Okay, so here's here's my challenge to you. If you're not already giving a planned percentage, that's where you start, is, is to plan a percentage. And then over time, you can increase that as God continues to get more and more of your heart. But just plan a percentage. This is, God, what I'm committing to do. I'm trusting you to make this possible and then to make all the other parts of my life possible. And, and if you've been doing that, it may be time, maybe you've gotten comfortable with what you're giving and you've gotten into the mindset of like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing what God asked me to do maybe, but it's not really sacrificial. Maybe it's time for you to revisit that. Maybe increase that to a point of, of sacrifice because God looks past the size of the gift. And this cuts both ways. Small gifts, big gifts. God, God isn't interested in the size of the gift. He's interested in the size of the sacrifice. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your incredible sacrifice for us. 
Uh, first of all, you gave us everything that we have. You, you gave us this entire earth. But then when, when we rebelled against you, you gave us your own son. Such a, a precious gift who gave his life on our behalf. So, Lord, would you be working in our hearts, loose, helping us, empowering us, Lord, to loosen our grip which, which takes so much more effort and strain and anxiety just to loosen that grip and to let go of what you've given us, to trust it into your hands and to receive from you what it is that you want to give to us. Lord, make us a generous people who reflect your heart. Give us courage to be sacrificial. Lord, I pray for the person this morning who is enslaved to their money and you want to set them free. Lord, I pray that that person would cry out to you today and say, Jesus, I, I want to be free. Give me the strength to be free. And then I pray for the person this morning who's enslaved in some other area of their life. I pray that they as well would call out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to be free. Would you set me free by your sacrifice? Lord, we thank you. For what you make possible. Thank you for your incredible generosity towards us. Make us more like you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.